Welcome in Bobby Manning for the Celtics postgame show. Celtics go down. Back-to-back losses to L.A. teams. This one to the Clippers, 114-111. This was an annoying game and kind of a weird game. Um, and a lot to be frustrated about. There are some things, some positives we can draw from it. We're going to get Joe Sway. We're going to get Sherrod joining us from L.A. in a little bit. Um, so hang tight with us Ooh, till people then. People are piling in already. Yeah, Angry. I also, I, uh, I, I, and I, and I sense it coming here. Um, real quick before we get started, tell you about a couple of sponsors here. Um, we have uh, LinkedIn. We want to welcome in LinkedIn Talent Solutions uh, as a new sponsor. Um, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find candidates you want to talk to faster. Uh, go to LinkedIn.com slash garden. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So make sure you check that out. LinkedIn, lots of love for those guys. And, of course, com. Com.com slash garden. Good way to start this one. Everybody stay calm. We will get to it eventually. 40% off a Calm Premium subscription, number one sleep and meditation app. Um, so go get yourself some. Uh, we're going to need it after uh, tonight's game. So, Bobby, I'll give you first crack here uh, at this one. It's really hard. I mean, I'm saying first crack. I, I, I just the turnovers alone. I mean, the turnovers and the bitch. The turnovers are mind blowing because they weren't pressure turnovers. They were sloppy. Just drive into nowhere and throw it to no one turnovers. Just careless, careless. And and you could tell as soon as they decided they didn't want to play sloppy anymore, they stopped. But not after, not until they had twenty three turnovers, like midway through the third. Then they cleaned it up, but made a run too little, too late. Another one of those games where they decided to play a quarter or two. Um, and this is what you got. And you lost to a team without George, without friggin' Leonard. Uh, it's a really bad loss. Yeah, execution was as bad as it's been all season. Yeah. That smart lob over Tatum's head. Cost you the game in the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just a brutal play there, and you can't knock Smart. He was the one driving many of those comebacks. No, but he threw one. it like it was to Rob, you know? It was just a horrible play and just emblematic of how this game went for them. I thought Horford made some sloppy plays. The defense was a mess down Rob the stretch. Rob was bad. Yep, Rob had probably his most turnovers ever. I didn't check I, that. but dude, It's not only that. I mean, he had six turnovers on, like, 12 touches i mean it's it was incredible yeah. um so they didn't really know where to go when the clippers showed zone and again the thing that stuck out to me most was down the stretch there leaving canard open in the corner over helping uh horford not getting up around a screen on reggie jackson's three late in the game uh i thought he was pretty late to rotate over to marcus morris on that big one that ultimately decided the game too made it six there the execution just top to bottom here. I think everybody had massive mistakes in this one. I don't think effort was the issue per se. We're going to toss around a bunch of words here of just how disgraceful this was, but just an attention to detail, I think. There shouldn't be an issue this deep into the season. Uh, defensively, not being in the right spots, not clamping down on BJ Boston when he gets going. Can we start there? I've You've been covering the team a lot longer than I have, John. In my time covering them, I don't think, and I, I don't want to diminish. Boston how many guys have? How many prospect. guys have had? What you're going to say is how many guys have career games against the Celtics? No, I don't think a worse player has smoked the Celtics like this. No, we've I had mean, a few this, of them. Last year there was a couple. 
I mean, this guy was in high school about a year and a half ago, and he just came in, hasn't done much in the NBA at all yet, and punked you in that second quarter. Again, yeah. another game where the Celtics, I think, set a good tone early, played some decent defense, hit shots. I think they were 52% or so through the first. And then this guy just comes out. He's going after Smart, and he's making fun of the Celtics' turnovers on one of those plays, picks up a technical, and just keeps going at you repeatedly downhill on the break. And you did nothing to stop it. It was unreal how they let him get going. Really, without a jump shot, he hits that deep one, and Richardson got out there on it. But they did nothing to clamp this yeah, guy down. There were a couple last year, too. I know, uh, was it James? You also had the uh, Mo Brown game, the 2020 game. Um, the Celtics have had a few guys have career nights on them, but it is really frustrating when it the happens. Mo Brown one's a good one. <laughs> yeah. He ended up being There were a, a couple last year, I remember. Um a couple for sure. But um, yeah. And now just... Boston will live on in infamy. People will be figuring out how to get him for years. I mean, the Celtics did pass on him in the draft. He was one of the trickier guys for me. I mean, he was on my radar there. I didn't really know what to think. When of you're him. at that point in the draft, you're what did he go? 30? He went 51. Oh, 51. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I mean, these are all flyers, you know? Yeah, he was a top like pedigree guy out of high school though which because he just had a horrible year yeah he was a blue chipper yeah so you know the talent's there for sure it wasn't mind-blowing to see him do it but this early in his career when he hadn't done much through the first 26 games or so there was surprising just surprising as a whole to give up 114 to a team that doesn't have george as you said hasn't done much on the offensive end aside from him this year you have some shooters there the shooting's excellent on la uh, but overall, in terms of playmakers and guys that really scare you in terms of creating offense for themselves, there's not a ton here. But you let Jackson get going. Man, took it to you early. Marcus Morris, I don't know if he's had his revenge game yet against the Celtics, but this was certainly it. I, again, I came out of the game yesterday feeling a lot worse about the defense than you guys did. I think you guys thought it was more of an offensive issue there. You were just getting blown away on the defensive end right now by everybody. The paint yep. defense is a disaster. Rob unplayable in fourth quarters for various reasons is a big issue. And I just see more and more Horford looking burnt out by the end of these games. You know, did a few good things early in that fourth quarter, but by the end of it, just struggling to get out on guys. Yeah, so that five position's a problem for you right now. Ime's got to decide what he wants to do here um, with this because it's just not working for him. Yeah, and I said that last night. I'm a little tired of this rotation. The starters yeah. with Schroeder aren't playing well. They're minus 12 in net rating right now. Uh, you know, your rotations off the bench aren't great. I think Richardson's playing like crap right now. So I don't know where you go. Maybe a little bit more Neesmith. Romeo played well early in this one. I thought Romeo was going to be the takeaway of the game the way he started. And He did. He started, he started great. Um, you look pro- young now. You look young. In a game like this, you go to those guys. This is the problem. So this is the problem from the get-go with this team. And and this is my problem with the Celtics. You know, we go back and forth with these guys. Can they play? Can they not play? Should they play? You know, what's the strategy here? What's really frustrating here is that the Celtics, because of because they've had as, so much talent over the years, they haven't had a need to develop or work in players. They've been able to just let them kind of sit and do whatever. But the last two years, you're doing that thing where you're playing safe veterans who you know what you're going to get at the expense of developing talent that may end up paying off for you. Um, And that's the problem is you've got to let it ride with these guys 
or not or not but you're not going to get the worst thing you can do for the for the for the Neesmiths and the Romeos out there is spot duty five minutes six minutes here and there and they've done well with it sometimes if if you're good you get more minutes if you don't see you later or hey you did well in the first in the second quarter but I don't trust you enough in the second half so bye that's terrible like other cities and other places, like they spend a lot more time developing their rookies because they know they're not getting free agents, you know, and this and that. And I think we've gotten spoiled with all of the talent that's come through here in the last few years and had just done no job developing these guys. So you just don't know what you're going to get here. You're right. Romeo starts off looking good. You know, you, you get some Neesmith minutes, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, nothing gone. And that's it. Um, so I, I really don't know what the answer is. I, as I said, is the like moving changing the rotation to put somebody in there that that creates a little bit more spacing and shooting even if they're not ideally suited makes sense whether it's grant or romeo or something get rid of the double big you got to get al down to about 20 minutes a game you know because you're 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 burning them out here al and rob together are killing you especially when jalen's out and your two guards are schroeder and smart there's no shooting out there there's no shooting on that team there's no shooting so there's nothing you can do there you know yeah, it's maybe just, maybe, a, yeah. maybe a move you make is that closing lineup down the stretch there. Start to integrate that a bit more here. It's done well offensively. Down the stretch, you're able right. to score quite a bit. Be disruptive and defend across the perimeter there. And obviously, you're going to get good center play from either one of those guys there. Just start to make yourself a more wing-oriented team. You know, Cut out double big minutes entirely here. I just don't think there's a place where that's going to help you down the line here. Maybe certain matchups, if you get lucky in a playoff series against Miami or something like that, that might be something that works there. Milwaukee, it's just like you got to shake up the rotation through the flow of the game because in the second quarter, third quarter right now, you're getting blown up. You know, it'd been the first and fourth quarters that were killing you earlier. Now I think you're starting games well and ending games well. There's just a middle period there. Off 39 the points in the second quarter. Again, you get into that bench and then everybody falls asleep there. I mean, that was gross. I, you know, that I was don't know how you give up. I mean, you just I, had one guy on the other side showing you up. And that whole, and, and again, you're just racking up turnovers and then you're just giving up open shots and open jumpers and open looks. I mean, just a really just sad performance on defense. Uh, and again, one quarter doesn't mean last night it was the third, tonight it was the second. Uh, and that was it, man. I mean, I just, mean you, don't, you don't get surprised with this team anymore when they hit these lows. But if you look at, and Paul George was a pretty late sla- scratch, so you didn't have time to really take right. it in. But if we came into today from the start saying George is going to play, you couldn't fathom losing this game. The Clippers are just a disaster offensively without him. And he does everything for them on that end. You got a couple of different guys that can threaten. I don't you know there, how you for lose your this bench game. to be for your bench yeah. to be blown up like you talk about there. It, it's just unreal. Uh, complaining, I think, is a good point too. There, dude, come plays on. Plays that really, that. really aren't even bad calls. Um, I'm trying to think of one specifically, the Tatum one where he got fouled on the floor. Pretty obviously, spending too much time worried about that one. And Tatum had a decent game, I thought, outside of the turnovers. The effort was high down the stretch. The effort um, was know, high, but it, it was it really was, getting uh, to the basket and out in the break and things like that. It's just the sloppiness. These last two games to have 11 turnovers here. 
it's I, it's no urgency it's again it's that 48 minute thing it's such a freaking cliche but it's so obvious you just don't care for or respect the possessions you know enough throughout the game where they just went in there and tatum was just winging it it's into the middle of the paint with no chance of it getting through to the guy he wanted to pass to uh rob's were more klutzy clumsy uh Tatum's were terrible. They, I mean, Rob was awful, awful. I'm not apologizing for him. Tatum's turnovers were terrible. Just drive somewhere, turn around, just throw it up. Uh, really bad stuff. You just have to value the ball, value possessions more than that. I hate the flipping the switch stuff. Actually, when you see him play as hard as he did in the second half, I get more pissed off that he didn't and do it And it feels in the like first. they've never won one of those games. Like never. you knew when they were scorching back with three, four, two, They do three against really there. bad teams, but yeah. <laughs> Right. I can't remember the last one uh, off the top of my head. They had one this year where they only played the third quarter. It might have been OKC or something at OKC. I think they sucked all game. It was like a 40 point first half blew blew their doors off in the third quarter. And that was it. They've had a couple of those types of games against really low opponents. But you're right. You play a team that punch, you know, pound for pound is about the same as you. Yeah. Going back to last year. Yeah. Yeah. These are these are terrible, you know. Mm-hmm. And you see it so. again and again. Like, how many times are you, are you just watching this team and your head's spinning? You call it embarrassing. You call it lifeless, effortless. I mean, Emei just so blew bummed. up. Blew, Emei yeah. emptied the clip on them last night in terms of criticism. Uh, did it again into today. There's nothing left for him to I'm say. I'm so bummed out by it, though, because we get to two games ago, and I know it's a little bit of fool's gold um when they score those you know 130 and 145 we know that's not the offense, i did a 20 but... minute video someone commented you know it's not gonna last and I... well, we know it's not but you start to it's again this is we always talk about this, this is the problem with a 500 team you you start to get excited a little bit and you get out over your skis you know with these guys and think and then you feel like a fool so like you know the youth one was real deal that was excellent competitive it is but that's the, the thing is the like game. The, the most frustrating thing with this team is you feel like if they play, if they move the ball and play with defensive intensity, the results are usually favorable or they're in games or you're able to draw some positives out of it. And when they don't, you're just like, what the F, man? And you see, like, there's nothing worse than that speaks to um, lack of effort and lack of focus than turnovers. Uh, you know, poor defense and 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 bitching and complaining to the refs. Those are just the three things that are like the complete antithesis of the team that Ime wants them to be. What are the things he said in the press conference? Literally, stack them up. Three things he said. We're going to pass the ball more and work it around. He keeps saying this stuff. Even in t- he had a third quarter in or he had a TNT interview last night on the broadcast and Tatum's playing a good game. And he's, they ask him about Tatum. He's like, yep, he's just got to move the ball and trust his teammates. He's still saying it in the middle of a good game. Like, Let's go, man. Do this thing I want you to do. And I'm not blaming Tatum. It's just obvious Ime wants them to do a thing that they just don't do regularly enough. Move the ball, play, you know, stay focused and play intense on defense and shut the F up. And they can't, they can't help themselves. He, he, he abandoned that. <laughs> he abandoned that. They can't help uh... themselves. It's it's unreal, and that's the thing. You see those things. The stuff just keeps rearing its head over and over again. Um, yeah, he abandoned that no complaining rule pretty early on. I know uh, 
when I was doing some stuff on that early in the season, Matt Moore nationally was pretty excited to track it. Like, what would a team look like that doesn't complain? And it took about one game for that to just completely dissolve. I was like, don't worry about that trend. But <laughs> You're not going to have a team like that. All right, the Garden Report postgame show, as always, is brought to you by our exclusive wagering partner, Bet Online. Just go to betonline.ag, use the code CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We've got it all going right now. You got basketball, hockey, NFL yeah. football, NCAA football, horses, MMA, golf. Is there still golf? If there isn't, there there's, will be there's, there's, there's always golf. golf there's always some yeah. kind of golf. Props, live betting, all kinds of weird stuff. Out, outside of the sports realm, anything you want to, you know, place a bet on. Yep. BetOnline's got it. BetOnline.ag. Code CLNS50. 50% welcome bonus. Go check it out right now. And as always, make sure to gamble responsibly. This is why, again, this is why they kneecapped him coming in. And this is why I, I, I put a lot of this stuff on Jalen and Jason and, and Marcus, particularly with the captain stuff, which everyone's like, Oh, captains don't matter. They don't. But the coach wanted one. And you guys all, when asked about it, said, I don't give an F about that. So he's like, okay, shoulder shrug, guess no captains. Then he says outright, I swear I will yank you if you complain. And then game one, Tatum's just turning around and bitching at the refs. And then he makes like, well, I'm I'm not going to take out my best player. And then boom, he's an empty threader. You know, like I said, I, I made this analogy with my kids. You can't be an empty threader. And Ime got caught. Ime got caught week one. He's like, okay, I guess you don't have to listen to me. Uh, there's no repercussions. There's no anything. When they don't do the things that he wants them to do, he just keeps trotting the same guys out there. How many games have you seen him just, I'm done with this guy, and just yank him? Not too many. You know, and I, when you have, it's been an ancillary player. You know, like, all right, we're done with Richardson minutes tonight. We're done gonna- with Rob. We're done with Rob last couple of games, but not a lot of like, that's more matchup dependent. He hasn't just said like, this guy's not giving me what I want. You're done. You're done. You know, yeah. sit. Meanwhile, a bigger challenge awaits when they have to integrate Brown into he this. He just wants to them to that care. Dynamic. He just wants them to look like they care all the time. You're in the nicest way possible trying to convey to them. You guys are not good enough talent wise to coast in any game. So you have to do these things to win. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, you know? And very rarely do they do it for 48 minutes. Yeah, and there's a lot falling on Ime still even tonight in the chat here. And I just don't know what more you can do if you're him. You know, I certain don't know adjustments, just... rotations, but in terms of messaging and getting through to guys and making his uh, just priorities clear here and his development, um, Ouch. You know, his development <laughs> pointers here, you're you're seeing stuff that he wants done, accomplished in spots. Tatum has had some awesome passing games. As a team, they've had some games like Utah where they really whipped it around. And defensively on the whole this year, they've been excellent up until this trip. Uh, that is a point that you look at year to year that, where they've been completely different here. And they've gotten some bad defenders to play good defense too. So like the EMA accomplishments, there's some early on here that I think make you happy with how the job he's doing right now. You're always going to look to the coach. There's things that he could do better here, but man, is he way down the list of concerns I have. I, that's that's where I feel too, and that's the problem. Is like now it's like I mean I don't know. I want to hear in the chat like what they want from him. Well, we said this is the, this is, and again, I, I you know, I'll appeal to the people in the chat here as well uh, who are who are down on Ime. Um, you know, I don't think he's got 
that's the problem. When you don't have a deep and talented roster, it's very easy to nitpick rotations because you're really not happy with anything, you know, because it, they're not consistently good enough for things to work on a regular basis. So it's always easy to say, why did he play this guy? Because one out of two out of three nights, you're going to get crap minutes out of this guy or one out of two nights, you know, whatever. You're lucky if you get one good, one bad performance every time you give minutes to Romeo or to Cantor or to whatever. It's just not a good enough team. So you're always, and somebody tweeted this the other day, there's not a single NBA fan base that doesn't hate their coaches' rotations. You know, it just is what it is. You know, it you give up leads, the bench is in. Why is he playing this guy? Everybody does it. It's not yeah. unique to Boston. But the thing that bugs me the most is it's the same series of complaints you had last year with Brad, and everybody was saying Brad lost the team. Is Ime so bad he lost the team in one week, or are you going to start to question whether the players will play for anybody? Like, who do you want? This guy's a hand-picked coach. I don't know. If they've tuned him out, that's really freaking bad on them. I, it's more on them than it is on Ime. Not and I don't think that, they've tuned but... him out. It's just... I don't know that they're capable of doing that thing that they're that is expected of them, which is night in, night out on a full basis. Or, you know, no, again, it's unnatural. It's going to take time, and you don't have a great roster here. You, like you go you back don't. to that at the end. And of at the, the end day. of the day, Tatum and Smart are killing themselves in the second half, so you're not going to question their effort. But it wasn't a full 48. Yeah, Smart's back to who he is. Tatum had a good trip overall here, and. You know, Brown hasn't been there, so you can't even start to address that whole nope. thing there. It's a major, major loss on the big picture when you start to think about where they're at. Like, we we talked about him looking better without him in certain ways and the offense executing at a higher rate, you know, just with different ball handlers out there. At the end of the day, it's Jalen Brown. I mean, you need that guy out there to be the best version of yourself. So, <laughs> like, that's something you do have to take into consideration here. You're playing – great teams too through all this you know these last two here are a little weaker yeah this is it's, a tough tough stretch here and it's going to continue so this is the question you got to ask is where you're going to be at by the end of january let's say once you get through the bucks the warriors all these different teams that are coming up here never mind the effort you played with tonight which i can't even imagine going into phoenix and doing i mean that would just be a scary thought thinking of what will happen if you do that against the suns but going forward even if you play at your best here like that utah game you're probably gonna lose more games than not here against some teams that are just flat out better than you so you gotta start to think of what's the expectation of this team what do you want out of it where are you going I mean, there's big picture questions in terms of where the roster's at and the decisions they're going to have to make here in pretty short order, you know, by mid-February. You almost, like, if it's going to sink, you want it to sink here and start to make that decision there about where you're going to go with things. Like, you just don't want to be caught in this 500 mixed bag that leaves you confused and blaming injuries and blaming all this different stuff that's afflicted the team just like last year you want to really know that you can either make a run improve the roster and shoot upward or break it down and start to figure out where you're going to go from there like I, I said this last year and they ended up improving the roster it didn't work but i thought it was a good attempt at it but it just came a little bit too late to me you know, those things don't get decided early in the season, but you wish it could because we know where this is going. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going one step forward, one step back. Um, you know, it's and so again, predictable. It is predictable, but again, I hate to make excuses. It's just a team this thin on talent can't play half their games without a superstar and us get any sense 
uh, of what what they are. Which it, is an issue in itself. I don't know if we're going to address that again tonight after some email comments pregame, but that whole situation's really puzzling and frustrating. A month later, to still have that be up in the air, and Ime said today he's 90%. It's a failure. It's a failure of the organization to have allowed him to return. There's no other way to look at it. And stop saying things. It's you're embarrassing yourselves. Stop saying things like it's not a setback. It is absolutely a setback. Well, not only that, but the things they were saying while it was happening. Oh, I see burst. Now today, you may saying we'll wait till we see the burst in him. They said that they didn't see all the grabbing and issues or didn't hear anything from him throughout the flow of those games. We saw all these things. We knew it in plain sight, and they sent a different message out there, which is the most concerning thing to me. They played it off like nothing was happening while it was happening, and now it's something that they have to be careful with. I heard Gorman on the broadcast and i want to blame gorman but say oh they're gonna address this one with a lot of caution it's like they already didn't address it with great caution that's the point yeah that's the point it was you've already screwed up bringing him back less than 100 percent, and now you're now you're dealing with it for who knows how long if he's 85 percent now that means certainly out for phoenix and we're lucky if you see him on the homestand and they keep saying we don't think it's long term well, he's missed four games since you said it wasn't long term. I don't know what you think long term is. This is a some we're having a semantic. I mean, you could do like here, a, but he's could probably like going to miss six games. You could do like a Letterman top ten of just like the head shaking comments about that injury over five games, where everybody just kind of knew what they saw in front of them, and they just, I don't, I don't know what they did. Like they just kept rolling them out there and forcing the issue in spite of how it looked he just never looked like himself ever clearly things bugging him the first game he played they should have sat him down again and said nope like (laughs) not good enough like doesn't nope not right and And he he came out after that game and said i wasn't really comfortable with how i felt and said he had tightness that just never went away and he worked through it and then he tried it out for the nets game i remember watching him in warm-ups at the garden just really being cautious with how he was moving, holding himself back. I didn't think he was going to play just based off how he looked that night coming off the Houston game. So that whole situation I wrote about for CLNS Media, I think everything I wrote there is still pretty valid just in terms of how that progressed and where it went wrong. And you just hope that there's not an even bigger setback or re-injury that they're not letting on about here and it's going to be like another full progression of a hamstring injury here who knows like after what they did there how do you believe what's coming out about the path ahead here i don't know whether to think he could be back monday after uh, you get three days off over the next four here or whether it's going to be another month i mean it could be anything with a hamstring right again it all depends on grades. He may say he's at 90%. And each player is different. There's no such thing as 90%. You either feel good or you don't. If you go in any less than 100, the risk of re-injury is very high. So it's not only feel 100, it's feel 100 and then have enough runway past the injury of feeling 100 where it's not at risk of being re-aggravated. You never come back at less than 100% on these injuries. You know what's the other weird thing, too? We keep saying it over and over again. You never return even a day early on a hamstring injury or any sort of soft tissue injury because the risk of re-injury is so can we can we throw it back to the most 
just draw dropping line out of all of them though return from injury management what was that I, I, you, the second I saw that, you, you, I mean, you know me, I'm friggin' an asshole, but I mean, I, I tweeted immediately. I was like, what the hell does this mean? Return from injury management. He's out. He's out with a hamstring injury. You're not managing it. He's out with a hamstring injury. Yeah. (laughs) I cannot believe. And you just, you know, you put it in tandem with different mission injury mishaps that they've had over the years here. Like this one is really right up there with any of them. It's unbelievable what they did with that injury. I, I just can't even fathom it. And Jalen's still pushing a play. Clearly there's something on his part that he's got to hold back a little bit because maybe they placated that desire they had to get into that Lakers game, uh, you know, playing Atlanta, different things along the way here where he was really trying to jump back in. And at some point that they just say, all right, let's, let's, let's just do it. He really wants to do it. Yeah, you got it. Like you said a couple shows ago, you got to have a bigger picture and a bigger perspective in mind of what's going on there. But well, you do it, and and so just all of the numbers too. The 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 you know just the re-injury rate is higher than the injury rate, obviously because you've already had it. But also the re-injury of a hamstring usually results in a longer absence than that's the first what I'm time wondering through. right now. No, yeah. It always does. I mean, that's what the science says. Generally, each person is different, but typically the risk. The, the you know the risk of re-injury is like 35% even if you come back thinking you're close to healthy but then beyond that um the the usually the second stint is longer so you real that's why you really never push it it's usually like last year it's usually like 4 weeks and then take another one or two you know you like you never mess with it you know what I hope it isn't is oh we're 500 and we're kind of on the edge of this playoff race and you know maybe there's not as much leeway for him to take a massive amount of time here. I remember going back to last year, we talked every single night. It felt like, why can't you rest Tatum? Why can't you rest Brown? And these guys need a night off with the load that they're shouldering here. And I remember Brad's answer back then was, Oh, we don't have the luxury of resting guys. Well, it played out in a bad way in the end anyway, and they didn't win any more games for it. So I did, they're still doing this thing of, Oh, he's questionable. He's day to day for the future. I think we'd all be perfectly fine with, He's not coming back and we'll figure it out when he's a hundred percent and that's it. There's no yep. questionable. There's no day to day. There's no, Oh, he might come back today. If he feels good, there's going to come a point where he's a hundred percent and we'll get there when we get there. I mean, that's how any injury should be handled. Right? Yeah, I guess. Uh, let me, let me, once again, just want to tell everybody uh quick pause, quick pause. Don't go anywhere. We got Joe Sway coming in from LA uh, and hopefully Sherrod as well. But again, uh, a LinkedIn learning, LinkedIn talent solutions, I should say. Um, Right now, job market is what it is. Uh, It's hard to find people to hire for your small businesses. LinkedIn jobs makes it easier to find people you want to talk to faster and for free. Um, So you can create job posts on LinkedIn in minutes, reach up to 770 million people, focus on candidates with the right skills for you. Uh, All of the simple tools on LinkedIn jobs, which you can filter and prioritize exactly who you want to interview and hire. Um, So call to action here. Let me tell you what to do. If you are interested, Uh, LinkedIn jobs gives you the candidates you want to talk to faster. So go to linkedin.com slash garden post your job for free once again linkedin.com slash garden post your job for free uh limited time only so again a new sponsor linkedin go take advantage of this offer if you are looking to hire here linkedin talent solutions uh, again we're waiting on joe sway 
and uh, possibly uh, uh, Sherrod coming in from LA. And uh, we've got an angry chatters here. So, you know, we want to keep hearing from you guys. Um, it seems like it's pretty equal opportunity right now, Bobby. If I'm looking at the chat, that's what it felt of, like in this game. Yeah. We, we got a lot of email. We got some smart, even though I thought smart was all right tonight. I thought he played a good game, particularly late. Um, you know, um, yeah. LinkedIn jobs for some replacement players. Exactly. For a new coach. That's going to be the new jokes here. Ugh. I know. Like that's, we're not even close to that. I, I trust me. Calm yeah. is not out of the picture, guys. We're still coming. We're still talking about calm. We got to space this out. Yeah, LinkedIn jobs for the for the medical staff, maybe. Talent solutions. Smart doesn't get off free out of this one for me. Brutal no. turnover, throwing it right at Hardenstein down the stretch. Uh, the shooting, the overall offensive approach, I thought just kind of took a dive. And again, who's BJ Boston going at in the second quarter? There, smart. So you got to be able to stand up if you have the pride defensively like he does and he that he's played with throughout this year. I think if the season ends today, he's all defense. But Smart was a mixed bag. He was he did some things that pissed you off. Um, he's been better over the last month. He's built a higher I, standard for himself than this. I think he's been better. Um but he had he made a lot of plays late, a lot of plays. Um And the assist too with him I don't know how many he had exactly in this one. I'm pulling it up, but he had a stretch there of 13 straight games. He ends up with six in this one, too. I think he had six yesterday as well. But ball control is his job, right, on the offensive end. And that's where he's got to be clean. And it wasn't last night. It wasn't tonight. That's where he ends up, um, I think, culpable for this one. But one of the better players here, for sure. I thought Dennis Schroeder was excellent. Lean the fast break, getting out on the run, turning up the pace in this one, which is what he didn't do yesterday. Eight assists in the end, too. Excellent Schroeder game. See, I'm capable of giving Schroeder credit, John. You look at the starting lineup, though. I mean, Horford plus 11, smart, net neutral, Schroeder nine. Uh, you know, Tatum ends up the minus four in the crunch time there, but that minus 17 for Rob was really what killed you in this. This one. was, I don't know what happened. It's the strangest game I've for Rob. Um, it he just, was so the, bad. The, the turnovers finishing. were so bad, but also just he got the ball in a position to one time with the travel where he just got caught with his feet there in transition. But a couple times he got he had catches near the rim and he just didn't look to score. He looked to pass one result. It was in that zone. That zone threw him off a bit. And oh, oh, that was a huge issue. Overpassing through the zone. I think he's so used to getting rid of it quickly that he's not recognizing offensive opportunities and we talked about this a little last game is he's just got to recognize i'm here i'll take this shot you know i think it's so tricky too as a role man to run in all that traffic on the roll normally you're used to an open lane in that kind of situation i mean i never even really figured out personally like what the best way to address that as a role man is too that's probably on email to go horford for greater brunt of this game against a defense like that bring the shooting out there bring the playmaking at the top of the zone do some handoff stuff and you know screen away at the top of the zone there and just shoot over it Uh, you're not running the pick and roll plays and the back line cuts there and all that traffic and all that just massive bodies that were around the rim there and that's definitely what bothered rob you go back and look at those plays he just ran into a brick wall in those spots tried to get it off quickly and he was throwing it right to the other team going the other way there and that's killers that so many of those turnovers to live ball opportunities for the Clippers to just get out there and 
sprint to the other side and finish. That was what killed you in that second quarter there. I mean, this is just unfathomable on every level. Guy like Horford, you don't expect to make the mistakes he did here. Rob, like following last game, doing what he did here where he makes himself unplayable. Like we are so far past that with Rob. We haven't even talked about that being like a concern that, you know, Rob might end up in a spot that you can't play him just because the bad plays. No, it shouldn't be. I mean, that's playoff 2020. I know. That's what I mean. I, I, how are we back here with this? It's funny because like it took us for, it took us till, you know, game, whatever it was last night. Uh, you know, last night was game 25 of the season to see that full athleticism once again from Rob. But now we're back to, you know, 2019, 2020 erratic kind of sloppy all over the place play. Yeah, seven fouls over with the, the last ba- With the bad fouls. And that was something he wasn't doing before. Um, so it's again, it's like as soon as he got as soon as he got his spring back, he just started kind of friggin jumping all over the place and, you know, losing control of his body. Like, I don't know what happened. It's 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 so strange because. Even when he wasn't playing with that explosive athleticism early in the year, he was so much more controlled. We talked about how the game had slowed for him, and he's just been a sloppy mess these last couple nights. It's really uh, upsetting. Joe Sway's trying to get ready. Once he's looking sexy, we're going to pull him in here. Yes, sexy, big sexy. There he is. What's up, buddy? No, we we don't have you. We got no sound out of you. Yeah. Keep working at it. Keep, Keep playing around. Mess with the buttons. We're yep. delaying, uh, I don't know, I guess you can pull a few pauses out of this one on the young guys if you want to, or we can jump right to the, the interview of the night. I don't know if you want to spend much longer on this game here, but... What, Danny? Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. I want to give Joe right. Sway a chance. Joe Sway's at the game. I want to give him his chance to talk a little bit about it. Um, let's, before... uh, let's head on the young guys real quick while waiting for him to come in. Is there a level of involvement that you want to have from them consistently? Are you seeing enough from those guys right now? Romeo in particular to me is a guy who I just think could do more right now. Like I said, in the place of Jalen, I would start Romeo, you know, or against small, I would. <laughs> We've had and three put, different starters, and that no, I would fun. put. I, I I want to see a world where Schro- Ultimately, I want to see a world where Schroeder and Horford are both coming off the bench. That's what I want to see. So whatever it takes to get there, whether it be a lineup where you can work, you can work Neesmith in there, you can work Grant in there, you can work Romeo in there. I don't think they're great players. I just think you don't have to start your best five. You just need a lineup that makes more sense, that creates more space, that does more things for you. So that's what I would like to see. I don't know what the right combo is, but I want to see you commit to it for a little bit. Decide, this is a guy, I'm playing him 25 minutes a game, and let's go. It's the only way you're going to get stuff out of these guys. And so I like that, maybe, um, you know, there. And if you want to hedge a little bit on the double big thing, if you did take Al and you want a little bit more beef, Put in Grant as your starter and at least have him in the corner, even though he's turning in a a bit of a pumpkin with the threes. They haven't been falling with the same frequency lately. Uh, But maybe that's something that it gives you there. Let's bring in Joe Sway and give him a chance to talk about the game. Uh, What's going on, guys? Craziness. First of all, I just want everyone to know that right now on the floor, as part of the – I don't know. I think it's a a season ticket holder thing, but – they start with an interview with Eric Bledsoe, and it's because it's his birthday tomorrow. And to start things off, right as I'm about to go on, the MC tells the entire crowd to sing happy birthday to Eric Bledsoe. 
So I apologize. I knew it was going to be distracting. I knew when the interview was going to be distracting. I didn't know that this, they do post-game interviews like that where, like, guys sit in the stands and it's like a one-on-one sit-down for 20 minutes. But that's what's going on right now. So it's, it's a big all night good. for the Clippers. It's, it's all good. Um, it's a big night for the Clippers. We've been going. Uh, the, the, chat, the, chat's, the chat's lit right now. People are pissed off. Um, so we'll give you a chance to, you know, um, you, yeah. you know, no agenda. To have at it. Your, you watch the game. You have at it. What yeah. are your observations? So I, I think, again, it, it reminds me, of, and I say again because we said it last week, right, that the first quarter, second quarter, like they, the Celtics just get into themselves into these holes and they just – they can't get out of them. And, and I thought that in the first half it was the same case, but in the second quarter alone when the Clippers scored 39 oh, points. 20. You got Boston coming off the bench and just giving Celtics the business. And then at the same time, you see the Celtics start to come back, come around, but it was just – the uphill battle was just too steep. I mean – We've seen it so many times, and I thought it was just disappointing because you look at the kind of production you got from the bench, right? We always talk about trying to find some consistency. Man, Josh Richardson, Josh Richardson to me was like a whole vibe tonight. Whether it was just on, you know, getting the ball to the on the floor and scoring, or just keeping up with his defenders, I just thought that that sort of energy was contagious. And then you look at Dennis Schroeder, him too, yeah. Like Dennis Schroeder, he was he was phenomenal. You know, I just I'm trying to figure out, you know, alone. From the from the second quarter and uh, just overall transition defense, like what else went wrong for this team? And I, I think those are the two the two that that that's off the list. And you look at guys going and scoring double figures for the Clippers. I just thought it was just too much for the Celtics to handle, and, and it's disappointing because they kept up, but they that second quarter hole that they fell into, it just it was too steep to cut to, to, to crawl out. Yeah, Clippers never really got good half court offense going. You made it easy. No, the it was all transition. Yeah, the turnovers you're giving them. Man, they, they capitalized on those. What was yeah, it, you made points? it hard. You made it harder on yourself too by botching fast break. I think it was thirty-three points on twenty-three turnovers. Is I think were the final numbers, but yeah, thirty-three points. It two. feels like forty. It was thirty-three. I seconds. thought it was higher too. That the, they really I'll explain why I'm sweating. By the way, guys, they were twenty-three turnovers. They, th- those numbers were about what they were midway through the third, and then they cleaned it up. Like they got to that twenty-something mark. I think it was 22 halfway through the third, and there was one more the rest of the way. So they did clean it up a little bit late, but it was it was ugly. So guess who's at the top of the blame pie list for the chat, Josue, right now? Guess. If I had to guess, um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Al. Maybe I saw a lot. I saw some Al hate. Ime again. Really. People are mad at Ime. Ime by far. They are furious at Ime for a second. Why? What did he do wrong? I, that's what I've been wondering. I, I don't know. What, what could he? What could he have done better to, to change the outcome of this one? I want a full explanation. A, a nice little essay from one of our chatters here. Again, <laughs> yes, it's turn just in your essays. It's just. I like that. Ime, rest the coach next game. <laughs> wow. I don't know what it is. Is it the rotations? Is it the decision making? Play calls down the stretch. I, I, there's a I number think, of different things I think you can nitpick there, but we're so early yeah, here, and I think he's done a lot of good stuff early this year. Yeah, especially if you look at the, the, the turnaround. I mean, look, it doesn't say that on the record, right? You look at the record, it's still a 500 team, but just their their overall approach and the style of play, it's changed, you know, and it's changed for the better, and you have no one else to think but even. You know, he's got these guys dialed in on defense. It's just doesn't always translate on the other end on the night-to-night basis. And the schedule is not going to get any easier. Though so defense is, the last couple of nights has been a little off. But, yeah. yeah, Defense fell yeah. apart on this trip for sure. The Los Angeles, yeah, it wasn't good in Los Angeles. But, you know, the way they started the road trip, you know, you got that huge win in Portland, like where it all came together. And we haven't seen 
that team since since Portland. That seemed like they left that they left that back and forth. I do feel a general frustration in the fan base, and I've I've had friends say this to me too, just furious. And Bill Simmons was tweeting it. There's there's a real sentiment in the fan base that they're just giving these young guys a bad break right now. Neesmith in particular, and he had a nice fast break dunk in this one, but the lack of involvement for those guys, I think, is starting to drive people crazy. Becoming a real second guess in a game like this where effort and execution is so bad for some of the other guys, and frankly, Romeo played so good early. You talked about that bench rotation, Josue, in the first quarter there that gave the Celtics a nice lead there. You know, outplayed LA's bench pretty decisively, and Romeo grabbing the ball back from Harnstein and finishing in the lane, bursting out of that left corner, and you just never saw him for the rest of the night, which was frustrating. So there's bits and pieces from Ime, I think, that I can see being angry with out of this one, but the big picture overall, I think he's implemented a lot of stuff really fast that's been good for this group. Just hasn't been consistent, and he can't jam consistency down their throat here. Effort, um, attention to detail. Besides what, sitting the guys down? And that's just something he's shown he's not willing to do. So on my way to the media room, I'm making my way over, taking, you know, trying to hurry up a bit. And I look right next to me. And, you know, it's almost like we just met at this point, right? It's Marcus Smart. And I'm like, I look at Marcus. What's up, Marcus? What's going on? Hey, what's going on, man? And I'm walking, I'm walking the same direction. He's walking the same direction. And I say, Marcus, what happened tonight? What went wrong? And he goes, he goes everything. Everything went wrong, you know. Guys were all over the place. I said, well, what do you mean by that? He's like, look, we just we just have to get it together, you know? And he talked about how, what, what are we not going to make the playoffs? Obviously, he's being sarcastic. And he's like, look, look, at the end of the day, we're going to get it together. And, you know, guys aren't even healthy. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on. And I thought that, that, you know, and then <laughs> next thing I know, I'm starting feeling like these, this, like, breeze coming in. And then I'm walking and walking. And I realize I passed the media room. And I'm, I'm about to approach, like, where the, where, the, where the players go outside and load the bus. And I said, okay, I, I've gone too far. You know, I kept it short. But. I, I wonder if Marcus was was expecting me to relay this message on the on the guard report or the Celtics <laughs> post game show. So I think he was about to like open up, and he's like, "Wait, wait a minute, I don't know." But you know what, Marcus, I think everything oh, the water under the bridge from last season. I think he's moved on. I think yeah. that's the moral of the story I got. <laughs> so yeah. otherwise, good. I don't think he talks to me at all. <laughs> so, no, but yeah, funny. I mean, look to Marcus's point. I, I you can see the frustration. You know. You can understand the frustration. He has some incredible plays down the stretch in this one. Just continue to keep the Celtics in it. And you have to wait to see it through. You know, I, I just think at the end of the day, Marcus isn't going to be as reactionary. Um, he's going to be he's gonna be more patient. You know, he's not going to be as reactionary because he was the one that called these guys out. And that was sort of the somewhat turning point. You know, if you had to pick one this season, that was it. So I'm, I'm not worried about Marcus. Me, and I think that uh, I think he's got the, he's got the right attitude right now. I think he's, he's been he's been very positive. It's been neck and neck between him and Horford. I think with the way Horford's tailed off a little bit in recent weeks here, I think Smart's been the best Celtic this year by a pretty sizable margin. You know? Yeah, but Bobby, you, Bobby, you knew. That's, you knew it, Bobby, also, also, you knew Al was, I mean, it's not a knock on Al, but like he was at a level where he wasn't going to sustain. That was going to be all season long, right? I mean, that's a good point. Like, I, I get it. But at the same time, like, I just feel like Al is, is sort of like, He's, he's he's okay, right? He's he it's started gross. out so well that he's starting to even out there, and that's fine. I, I don't know if he's he's still one of the most. Um, this trip wasn't great, but he's been one of the most reliable guys on this on this team. No, you rely on him probably too much. Like they're just like, oh my god, this guy's so good. He's such right. a steady hand that we got to play him for the whole fourth quarter. 
And so that's probably having some of the diminishing impact on him. You'd like, and he may even said this a couple of weeks ago, we'd like on this trip to be able to rely on him a little bit less. That was what he said coming into this trip. And it's gone the other way. Last two games, you've had to play him for massive stretches in the second half here. So you don't have the depth behind him, the reliability behind him right now to sort of put him in a role that he should be in at this point in his career. And they even had to rest him in that Portland game. I mean, they came into this year not thinking that they'd have to rest him on back-to-backs. So Al's Al's turned into a pumpkin. He should be playing less. Bobby, Marcus Smart has not been the best Celtic this year. He was was really bad for the first 10, 12, 13. Oh, yeah, you're really fired up about that answer. I heard that. Yeah, there's no way. He's been much better lately, much, much better. But, I mean, he he was – He's, he it was he was the worst version of Marcus Smart we've seen maybe ever for the first. What about half the defense? Of, uh? For the first half of the season, he was really rough, um, really rough. But he's been much better, uh, you know, much, much, yeah. much better, um, uh, you know, of late. And again, we talked about post call out. You know, he was he got they were playing better, you know, after he said the things that he said, but you have to also remember the day that he said what he said, he'd had one of his worst games also. So, I mean, he had been playing pretty poorly up until then. Uh, I don't know who you would give the mantle to for best player. It was Al for a while, but he's definitely turned into a bit of a pumpkin um, as time has gone on. So uh, I'm not really sure uh, who I'm giving that to. I I, I wasn't going to let, you know, I didn't want to. I, I couldn't let that one go completely. I'm, I'm I, giving it to Al. I think Smart's right there with anybody, just because of the defensive tone and the passing tone, the two things they've needed the most. He's given them. Yeah, I mean, but he was shooting so friggin' bad. Let's quickly talk. I just we're, we're gonna I, a couple other pieces of news we want to get to, including a uh, interesting trade proposal. Not just bad. trade proposal put out into the ether that I want to talk about. Also, some interesting comments from Danny Ainge. Um, but first off, calm. You know the deal by now. America's number one app for sleep and meditation teamed up with uh, none other than LeBron James, uh, who Joe Sway had an up and – did you talk calm with LeBron? Uh, no, I did not. I should have talked to Marcus about it, actually. You should. We needed a sponsor. You should have gotten a – that's where you go get a sponsor read from yeah. him. Rather a disappointing loss. Yeah, he For the fun. Garden Report, you go right to LeBron <laughs> and say, can you do this little promo for me? Oh, uh, to LeBron. I thought you meant Marcus. No, to yeah. LeBron, yeah. to LeBron. Yeah. Um <laughs> But anyway, uh, you know, you train your brain to help you sleep better, reduce stress, perform at your best. Just we like, need that this week. Yeah, we all need it. We, I, I'm, I'm cooked. I need it. Um, but anyway, com.com slash garden limited time, 40% off a com premium subscription. Uh, you can get all sorts of things. Sound on sound of rain, uh, whatever it is that you like there, you know, waterfalls, stories, music, all sorts of things help you get to sleep. Um, so again, just go check it out. Com.com slash garden, 40% off for a premium subscription, limited time only. So go no, get some. I'm, I'm not, I, I swear to you, this isn't a script. This isn't part of the read, but like, I, I swear the, the other night, Nick was like, blast. I think he has it as an alarm, but he was blasting like, 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 like the sounds of the forest. It's <laughs> like, Nick, is that calm? He was like, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> You're supposed to put that in your head. You don't, you don't blast it and then go to sleep. Like, yeah, that's not how it works. It's not. <laughs> He goes, no. He goes, no, no. It was, it was my alarm. I go, how is that going to wake you up? Like, that's your alarm. Anyway, that, that, that just that just reminded me of that. I yeah. never heard it so loud. I'm like, I don't think that's the purpose of it. <laughs> <laughs> turn Blasting. off that. Turn off that rock and roll music. Um, yeah. So, um, 
couple things uh, that were out that were interesting today that I wanted to talk about. Uh, ESPN uh, trade proposal um, was a whole bunch of players and a whole bunch of picks for Damon Lillard. Um, you know, um, basically ended up being four first round picks um, for, for Damon Lillard. And, and basically it was a non Jalen trade for Damian Lillard that involved four first round picks, which is really what it's all about. Um, what would you guys think of that? You can't Mm. say no, right? Yeah. (laughs) Like if you have a guy on a long-term deal, a superstar who wants to stay longer, who wants to sign on for more years beyond this, it's like the Kyrie thing. You look back at Kyrie and you're like, man, that stunk. Would you have done it again? Yeah, you probably do it again. <laughs> like it's just yeah. so there's so few opportunities to add stars in this league. And when you do it for picks, I'd throw more picks if <laughs> if that's what it took. You know, like I, I think I'm sure you would, Bob. This is actually low there for me in that sense. Yeah. So none of these players it does. It sounds this is head. funny. It sounds just like a Bobby trade. Yeah, right. That's why I loved it. I'm like, look, I'm not the only one who's saying you can do stuff without trading Brown here. I put my own trade out there for uh, Sabonis on CLNS today as well. Got in deep into those trade talks. But I do think it's interesting to compare these two situations. I didn't do it heavily in the piece. But you think about a guard entering his 30s who's going to make over $50 million a year with him. Do you want to go in that direction? Or do you want maybe a guy who's not as good as the Jays but can compliment them decently, make 20 million bucks, and have the chance to have a more rounded out roster around them. You think of what you're going to lose in two point guards in this deal. Uh, one of your reliable, your most reliable big man here. It's nice that you can keep smart and rob out of this deal, but it essentially leaves you, I think, with what was coming back. Cody Zeller, Tony Snell, stuff like that from Portland, and then you have Grant off the bench. It's the too. age. It's the age. To me, the, the, the downside here is it's a lot of picks to give away for a guy who's going to get worse the second you get him up for the rest of, for the rest of the time you have him, you know? Yeah. And that's you, kind of my point. I you think missed, I prefer you the missed, the, you missed the whole ride. Yes. It's a dramatic, it's a dramatic way to put it, but it's accurate. It's, it's accurate. It's accurate. You've, you've missed, you've missed the ride. It's on its way down, which is bad for Portland, right? Yeah. Doesn't mean it's not, doesn't mean he's still not excellent. He's capable of winning games and friggin' carrying teams on his back still, probably, even though the regression this year has been pretty steep, but it's early in the year and he's had some injuries yeah, as well. But, John, you know how I feel about this expiration date I was talking about last night, right? Like, when it comes to Tatum and Brown, and what I mean by that is like the expiration date for when they start to think, okay, we have to go another direction because it's not working. And I think if that if if you're in that space, then you make a trade like this because then it, you're just going all in, whether it's a three year window or you no, know, whether that third. If you year, lose you know, this things, year, things fall apart. I think you you do it because you you're not you're not relying on that guy to be your number one guy for the next five plus years. You still have Tatum, you still have Brown, so I think it's worth the risk, honestly. I mean, if you were asking him to take over and he was going to be the top guy and rely on him for the next three years, that's different. Whether he's option two or three. Uh, Look in the Eastern Conference. That's a, that's North- a force to, to reckon with. That that would be that would be a really really good team in Boston. I think that team is that that that's a title contending team for sure. And let's get real with the picks at this point. You you pick a guy this summer, maybe helps you in a year or so. All of a sudden it's twenty twenty three. That guy's yeah. starting to come into his own. I mean Brown's up after twenty twenty four. Tatum's got the player option in twenty twenty five. So forget next year's pick. You know a twenty twenty three pick. 
you're a year from Brown's free agency at that point, a 2025 pick all of a sudden Tatum's at the door. Like I think there's nothing at all, unless you really strike gold. And I know you like the possibility of it, John. It's so rare where they're going to be picking where it helps you. You get a superstar. Not even a superstar, but like a third guy, like a Sabonis. What are the odds you're going to get a Sabonis in there? It's so low to me. And you're, or how long is that person? Again, I said this in the piece. The alarms aren't ringing on the Jays yet, but a year from now, it's not that it could be. That's it's what I not mean, that. Bobby. Exactly. Here's the that's thing. what I was saying last night. That's why. That's why I'm calling it too. This well, season and next season. But if you two. Yeah, go ahead. No, you finish. Finish what you're but, saying. Sorry. Well, no, I, that, that, that's pretty much it. But I'm just saying, like, I just whether it's uh, the 500 record or something close to it, you know, a second round knockout or one of those guys saying, "Look, I'm not happy to be here anymore." One of the three is going to happen. So here's the thing. We can't look at, at – I think too many people are living in a world looking at ideal scenarios, and you can't because you have to recognize the Celtics are in a very compromised position without with, – with all of the factors you talked about. They don't have a lot of assets right now. They don't have young and up-and-coming players that they can kind of next-gen stars here. So mm-hmm. they have to give up a ton of picks to be able to make any deals work. And the thing Joe Sway keeps talking about, the – those guys, if you don't appease them in some way in the next year or two, they're going to walk. So how many teams do this? Like Milwaukee did it with Giannis. They're like, what do you mm-hmm. need? What do you need? How many first? Yeah, but Bobby, that was lame. But this is exact. <laughs> this is exactly. I'm not calling an asterisk, but. This is it, Milwaukee. It, yeah. This is the Giroux holiday. I think they Celtics went, fans are taking What do you need? Fans. We'll give whatever to keep you here because. You, you have to start looking at the trade, every trade you make, not just right. the guys you're giving up for the guys you're getting back. It's the guys you're giving up for the guys you're getting back and Tatum and Brown. And when you put them in the trade, the risk of losing them by not doing something, it's an automatic no-brainer. If this trade keeps these guys, and if not doing the trade costs and you these at that guys, point, if it's you almost right. like you're trading for them. So you yeah. have to put that into the equation. No, that's such a great point. And think of yeah. all of the picks. Yeah. If you if you keep those guys and you're good and you get better, you don't care that you gave up those picks. You don't care. If you get your guys, the same thing in the NFL. It doesn't matter if you give up five first-round picks if you get your franchise quarterback. So if you get the guy yeah. who's going to help keep these guys here and make your team NFL, better. I mean, they're more important than the NFL. The I'm NBA just saying what it, the, the deal doesn't I, I matter if it, makes, if, it, if it makes you better and it keeps the Jays here. That's it. That's good enough. I just don't know that Lillard is the guy. Uh, because again, I don't know. You what might it not does be there. able to be picky about it. I mean, if it's but on you the can't table be picky. And, that's exactly yeah. right. And so, like, I prefer if I'm picking between these two, this is a bonus one, just because it's probably a little cheaper. You probably keep some things on the table, but at the end of the day, like the top end talent is what pushes you into contention here. And Lillard is certainly a guy that is up Portland ceiling year in and year out there to Western Conference Finals at its height with some teams that weren't all that spectacular by any right. means. Right. Now, did I love how he looked right. next to Tatum with Team USA? Not really. Is he the best facilitator in the world? Not at all. I mean, he's a guy who's going to be trying to do it with his scoring, much like the Jays are right now. So I do think you end up with a complicated picture where you still need guys to accentuate the three stars. But three stars is better than two. You have a great option at the point of attack there. And they've had success playing like that before. Not to mention the fact that you could keep smart next to him in this scenario. I think that's a great looking backcourt there, offense, defense. So 
I mean, you just look at this. I trade. think if you if, say no to this. Like, I don't know what you. If thinking. someone puts Lillard on the, if if anybody gives you the option, I I I don't love it because I am a little worried of age and I'm a little worried of mortgaging so many picks that you have no path to improvement beyond you know what your stars and you're still hedging a lot because you you still got to convince Tatum and Brown to stay so it's got to work and it's got to be good but I, unless Listen, you go, unless you go right full now? rebuild you have to say anybody puts a star on the table and and says I'll and you don't give Jalen Brown up in the deal you have to make the trade let's be clear what I, I think you right, have to what they're doing right now is not keeping the Jays around and right it's, selling, if a, if a like, star is on the table for not Jalen Brown, you have to make the trade, even if it's not exactly the guy you want. This is the, this is the plan, right? They have piled up tradable salaries. They've done everything. I think they've compromised opportunities to improve and keep a guy like Fournier who could help, help them now toward being able to make these kind of deals, knowing that you don't have the best assets in the world in terms of players. So Remember, we go back to that Kemba trade and they did it early because you left the first on the table there for next year. So you're not caught in that back to back first round pick years. I, I think you got to really make an aggressive jump. You, you do you have and, to. Yeah. And just and just judging off how Brad's played it, fortunately, I do think that's how he's thinking and how he's approaching this. I mean, they are just going to be super aggressive, and, I think, when the opportunity comes. That doesn't mean you couldn't trade Jalen for a different player or something else, if you needed to down the road, that might improve the composition of the team better. I'm not saying you would do it's that, consolidating, but you can do yeah. lots of different things there, but you have, you, if, if, and again, people are asking who's proposing this on the timeline. This is just simply one of these ESPN articles that Kevin was saying, put it, it was there. Pelton, I believe, right. Who, who's just said, here's five proposals uh, that could work for Dame. And the reason this one was enticing and we're even talking about it, it is because it was a non Jalen uh, trade proposal, which is obviously very intriguing. And I think that's what every Celtics fan wants. They want a now superstar without giving up Brown. I think we no. all agree that Portland probably says no to this, right? Like you don't even have a single, well, it's four that... picks. <clears throat> I think it was four picks. There were some first. protections on the later ones, though. but the later ones went from top 10 to top four to unprotected in the last yeah. one, but there was three, Three, unpro- three unprotected picks up until that, and then the one way down the road, which is like, who knows how bad we'll be then, had some protections on it. But my guess is, you know, I mean, that, that was a lot of picks, and they were a couple years down the road too. I see a lot right. of people asking about Brogdon too. You can't trade for him this year. I still like the Sabonis ones. I don't really – you know, we talked about it briefly yesterday, but that's a trade I just love in terms of fitting next to these guys, making the game easier for them. And like we said, the salaries here, the huge, huge difference between 25 and 20 million a year and 50 million into your thirties, John. And I know that's a hanging up point that we both have over this. You can't it doesn't matter. Here, In a few I, years, 50 million is going to be nothing. Oh, yeah, that's true. About that. It really that's is. Like, it, I think that's like John Wall, Russell Westbrook deal. It is now, but four, three years from now, 50 million is going to, everyone's getting 50, you know, like. It just is what it is. That's just where the numbers are going. Yeah. yeah top 10, top 15 good. players. Yeah. They're all getting 50, 55, 60, 65. It's not going to be, it's just but think be... about that. I mean, 58 or whatever, it's going to be at its max there. Plus crazy. The 30 something for Tatum, 30 something for Brown. You, you have like a hundred million there wrapped up in 
three players. Yeah. So it doesn't leave a lot of flexibility to be able to build a roster out around those guys, not to mention this scenario where you're relying on Rob at center. And again, the trade I made today, I'm sending out Rob for Sabonis. I am. Like, I just, I want something reliable. I want something reliable in there, sustainable. Of course. No injury worries, week in and week out. It's not even close. Uh, I mean, if it's Rob and a couple of firsts, you do that in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And I love Rob, but you do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, but I just don't think he's that. He's, his value isn't quite there yet. You know, you just have it to isn't. wait and see. It probably if he can, isn't. If he can stay healthy. Yeah, <laughs> if he can stay healthy, it, it would be. But yeah, it isn't. Yeah, it's yeah. tough. You know, the back to the um, to the Dame Lillard conversation. Look, I still think you do it. I don't know. I just it's one of those situations where you're gonna look back and say, or or, or rather, you play it. You play things out, and you look at the alternative, and you're like, wait. Maybe that Dame. There is no alternative. The alternative, the alternative would be whether it's with the Jays or you know try to go another route. But I just don't see it max. I don't see them maximizing that opportunity. And look, Jalen and Jason. If we're talking hypotheticals in a year or so, like they're going to be at a point where I, I think that they wouldn't mind having someone like Dame Lillard. Like, is that something that you two are concerned about? You think that they would they would reject that idea, teaming up with Dame and, and, and getting no, that extra piece I, that could push him to a title. I, I don't, I don't think that they would be ecstatic. Kind of I mean, yeah. I think, the, I think these are two guys that are begging for help right now, begging for someone to make and, the game. And listen, these are also, them. these are also two guys that played with, that played with Kyrie Irving, that played with Kemba Walker. So they're, they're comfortable with the score first point guard. You know, I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if, they they pull for it, you know. But again, this is all hypothetical. And I love if what John if said. If you're Portland, if you're Portland, like the greatest, one of the best super player you ever had, and you stumble for some picks, I don't know if that's going to go over well. And I love what John said about trading for Brown and Tatum, essentially, with all the picks there. Yeah, like just using those as leverage so you can keep Brown. How many deals yeah. have we run into over the years where there was no way to get the deal done without Brown or Tatum? I still think we're kind of looking it's at the same thing. Teams want. Yeah. But I, you I run into a rebuilding team, and you tell that rebuilding team, "We're gonna empty the picks on your head here. You have them. You know, if things go wrong here, all of a sudden you got us in a Brooklyn situation. Maybe that makes them look the other but way." But that's around. why a team. When people say, "Why would this team do it?" You do it exactly for the same reason the Celtics in the Brooklyn situation. It was a franchise-altering thing. It gets you Tatum. It gets you stars. It gets you, and and that's why you do it. You're hoping. That when those picks cut, when it when they come home to roost, which is great for them, but I don't think that's a worry for the Celtics. If it happens, it happens. All of these trades are that's what they're that's what they look like. You're not trading the picks now; you're trading future firsts for when that team's going to be bad, and you do it. But again, you're you're right. Like the you look at all of these deals again. Milwaukee does it to appease Giannis. Uh, whatever it was that the Clippers gave up in order to get George, which assured that Kawhi would stay, you know, would sign there. It's the same thing. You're not just trading for Paul George. You're trading for Kawhi and Paul George. So it doesn't matter how big that price tag is. If you don't do that trade, you get neither player. You do that trade, you get them both. So again, anything, this is one of those where you bring those guys into the office and say, guys, this is good enough for you to stay, right? If I do this, we're good. Okay, good, good. I got your word. Excellent. We're going to pull the trigger, right? Again, you know what know. else? You know what else? You know what else helps too? Like the Jan situation was unique because obviously he had to stay and you know he had to reset. Yeah, yeah. He put the comment out there. Look, I, you know some people they see a, a brick wall, they go the other direction. I go through it. You know all that was great, but at the same time, Jan's is a top five player. Like we have to remember that. Like yeah. when we're gonna put this, if we're gonna put the measuring stick next to what happened in Milwaukee, 
the first building block is having a top five guy. But Giannis the Southern was don't 26. have a top five guys. Yeah. yeah, but he was he was already a top five guy though. Like the Southerns don't have a top five guy. Yeah, twenty six. You someone. You're projecting that the Jays are gonna get there. I'm not. We're talking about now or in a year. No, like you're not gonna trade for Damian Lillard in two years. I'm talking about right now. No, you're gonna do it right now, and you're gonna keep those guys together for four or five years here. Maybe right, even but Bobby, my my point is, if one of those guys were a top five guys, maybe you don't sell the farm as quickly because you're thinking, well, you know, he's a top five guy. He can, you know, one more notch, but th- they're not there yet. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. So if you can bring in someone like Dame and, and get those guys all together, and and they're both in a space where they're like, man, we just maybe we we just need that one guy to get us to the finals, and, and let's see what happens. I think Dame Lillard falls under that category that would excite both of those guys. Yeah, there's a there's a window there of they some playoff performances. Like he's built up his resume for himself. He's stacked oh, his yeah. thing up. You, that it's you, hard to say no. You yeah. love this guy when he's at his best. I mean, he's an MVP. It's unbelievable. He is an he's a real deal MVP He's a, he's a top seventy five all timer. Right. I mean, there were. <laughs> he is. That's right. He that, is. He's <laughs> snuck in ahead of Kyrie. That yeah. bubble year. When he was doing what he was doing to get them oh into the playing tournament there, he was the that best resume. player in the world. I mean, the, he was better than anybody at that point in time when he was just scoring at will, pushing them into that playing tournament. That was unbelievable. Some of the best basketball I've watched over the, the last year before, years. too. That the, the playoffs, the walk off win, friggin' hits that 40 oh, footer, the clutch oh. factor with him. Oh, I mean, it's so unreal. good. That friggin' killer stare. Oh, my and God. man, oh, is Paul he loyal. George, Paul George still has nightmares. He's still, I know, nightmares. assassin right in his eye, you know. Savage. Uh, and man, Savage. is he loyal. The stuff he's gone through there ups and yeah. downs, yeah. bad management, yeah. coaching change, all that. It's relevant. Uh, it's all relevant. And, and look, still all three of them, right all three of them can relate. It's like, man, like, you know, I mean, the grand scheme of things, maybe Damian was, wasn't as close, but, you know, Celtics, they got two guys that can say, man, two wins away, Eastern Conference Finals, you know, it just didn't fall, didn't fall for us. Or and for the Tatum. contract he thing, was yeah. Tatum was technically, what, one quarter away, right? Celtics were leaving uh, the, the Cavs in game seven. So, and, you know, they had a, that experience. It's not like a rental. It's not a... Kyrie situation even he is right. signed through 2024 right through the brown window so yeah he's here for that run there i mean this is the move you make that sets you up to there wouldn't be there wouldn't be like a little like phase where they have to figure they, no this is just go and remember go. the harding yeah. conversation here you go you're together for the next three years play yeah you know, two and a half right. years and remember Let's the harding con- remember the harding conversation we had like it's like all right you don't make that move oh all of a sudden he's in brooklyn standing in your way there I don't care. I still don't make the Harden trade. I think he, I'm I not think, saying uh, I'm I'm not saying it's the same thing. Again, I think he sucks this year. That's Where's true. Lily going if it's not Boston? <laughs> it's Philly. It's New York. All of a sudden, you have like five powerhouse teams stacked in front of you if you're Boston, and really no way to surmount that in terms of talent. No matter what Tatum and Brown do on their own, there. So. Yeah, but you don't necessarily look at that because we play this game all the time. Like, oh, how are they going to get past these guys? How you put you you build the best team you you never look at the other people. You build the best team you can. No, that's relevant too. With I mean, your with your set of circumstances, you don't just chase to get yeah. that guy this year. You're always worried about now, two years from now, four years from but now. But it's happened so how many times in front of you, John? 
Holiday. Saying, you wanted Holiday. Look what Holiday does to Milwaukee. I know Lonzo. I didn't. I had to argue with you friggin' guys to convince you that he look, was better than Kemba last year. Look at what Lonzo did for <laughs> Chicago and the way he bolsters them. I mean, you just you convinced every me. single For the record, I was convinced. I was convinced. I was. <laughs> I, I told Lonzo. you in the I preseason was, last year. I was, I'm selling I was still all up. my Kemba stock. I'd still love uh, Lonzo Ball for this team. <laughs> and I wanted Lonzo bad. I would have sold out for Lonzo if we could have found yeah. any way to get him here. Everyone's like, oh, he's not that good. Oh, God. Everyone, mm. just shut up. Hey, and I, for this, for this I, team? I, I don't know what it is that people just look at the thing that the guy doesn't do well and be like, he wouldn't fit here. You know, like, oh, my God. You know, I, though there were a ton of fans, ton of fans that wanted Lonzo here too, but still. And that point you made about being able to move Brown down the line, still – it like hammers this home. Do you yeah. end up moving him for Beal and make it Lillard, Beal, and Tatum? You know, do you does Simmons start to look more enticing in that uh, situation there between Lillard and Tatum? All of a sudden, you have like a playmaking five, yeah. a scoring wing, and a, a lead point guard in that uh, situation there. Like, there's just so much more flexibility that that gives you as a real deal contending team. And think of the impact on how guys look at the Celtics in terms of buyout players at that time of year. Like this just changes where you are in the league. If you make this deal, could it go wrong? Yes. Kyrie went wrong, but I think almost everybody still do Kyrie. Ten do out of Kyrie ten times. And they yeah. say they still do it. So that's the point here. I do Kyrie again and again. You know, that was, that's a trade you had to make. You got to hope that they can get involved with something like this. Cause man, if they don't, they are in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. Um, and yeah. you know it's uh it's interesting to see if it you know comes up here uh oh i think i pressed the wrong button i may disappear but it doesn't mean i'm gone <laughs> john hit so you got a you got a countdown going yeah right no i just i don't know we'll see am i still here yes yeah you're no. still here sorry yes. I, I i uh I, I yeah i accidentally pressed the the like the nuke the the red the red button the nuclear button <laughs> Uh, Any I, good I was, quotes tonight? I, I saw Tatum at the podium. No, just smart to Joe Sway. That was it. Yeah, that was it. Up Joe Sway. <laughs> yeah, I guess he doesn't hate me. It's the first time I've seen him since the shutdown. So, uh, so and since he told us to to go f ourselves. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. Um, he, told, he, told, he, he said, uh, "Tell Sherrod I said no." He didn't say <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> wonder if that wonder if that's where Sherrod is now. He's talking to him. Um, so we got Phoenix on Friday. We'll be back for that um game as well and then... i got something brandon boston's talking about going at smart and getting the technical foul there he says i just told him i'm here oh snap yeah i missed i missed the taunting call i didn't see exactly what happened but those guys are going at it it was chippy in the beginning you know and you could see that especially uh with, with tatum and the way they were they were double teaming him and that one tag, I mean, I thought he was going to get tossed. He jumped up and just I thought he was going to get tossed after he elbowed yeah. Grant there. I'm just like, this guy's going too far. Yeah, oh, I, love, I like seeing that stuff. Yeah. I like it. I mean, I mean how Grant, old is Grant, he, 19? Grant can act. That was, that was some good acting from Grant. That yeah, was that impressive was. stuff from uh, the young guy there. Yeah. Uh, so again, we got the we got Phoenix. Doesn't get any easier here. We are sadly looking at a one and four trip if they can't win this here, which um, is again. <laughs> then it's not... Milwaukee, Golden State, New York, Philly. It's a tough stretch, man. You really wanted to go. Keep at... coming. 
Yeah, you wanted to go two and three here at, le- at least. Um, this is going to be a really tough one. Again, we'll see whether Jalen plays or not. We don't know. 10 p.m. tip. Damn it. I was hoping for a nine. <laughs> we can do it. Isn't that moment time? Come on. Give us nine. Give us something. Well, no. no yeah. Phoenix they're, switches. They're balling, they're balling this year. So Arizona like, oh, goes two hours <laughs> and three hours, right? It's one of those weird yeah. ones. So th- I think they're three hours at this time of year, and then half the year they're two-hour difference. They're sometimes – yeah, I'm just picturing the, the 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 guy for Phoenix being like, "Oh, we're prime time now. Okay, no, we're going at it. <laughs> yeah. We went to the finals, all right. We're not doing those early games anymore." So, okay, yeah. uh, it's uh, it's Rasta's birthday on Saturday, so happy birthday in advance, Rasta. We'll see you there. Happy birthday! Oh, happy birthday, bro! <laughs> <laughs> um, but we are back Friday. I don't know how this many of us will be, be here. Ugly. It could be. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But again, thanks. So. Thanks to the people who've been joining so. us. Uh, on uh, the West Coast trip here. We've had a pretty good uh, audience uh, throughout. Again, thanks to our sponsors, LinkedIn uh, Talent Solutions here. Go to linkedin.com slash garden. Post your first job for free. And, of course, we have com. Com.com slash garden. It's 40% off. Number one sleep and meditation app. Com premium subscription. Once again, I'm about to go to the com right now. Yeah. Blast that rainforest. Celtics lose. Yeah, blast the rainforest. Loud, in your ears. Loud, loud, loud. That's how it works yeah. best. <laughs> Listen, it's a great app. It no, Nick, it's the opposite gonna... of an alarm. doesn't guarantee you're going to use it well. And, of course, it's blasting for minutes. I'm like, yeah, so it's an alarm, and it woke you it's right up. It's the opposite of an alarm. It woke you right up, didn't it? It's yeah. almost like right about to wake up and he must have just been like right back to sleep. Like, right back into it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, why would you set this? Jeez. Um, so again, Celtics lose to the Clippers, 114, 111. Uh frustrating game. Thanks to everybody who hung out with us. Thanks to Bobby for being LA along sweet. the whole West Coast trip. Joe Sway doing good work out in LA. I get Yo, all guys. of you guys from Thanks hanging to Nick with us too, late. covering a couple of games. I hope the curse isn't back. Bobby, do you remember the curse? Do you remember the Cosby Street curse? <clears throat> no, I don't. He's like, what the hell are you talking about? So <laughs> the first 11 games I ever covered on the road, the Celtics lost every one of them. So oh. I, I just thought it was interesting because I haven't covered a game since the, since the shutdown on the road. And uh, the first two games I covered, 0-2, baby. It's we'll Nick. See. It's Nick. It's not you. It's Nick. <laughs> He's going to hate that comment. It's Nick. Uh, anyway. You know, he you. was excited last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could be. He was jacked up. No, I mean, like he got too into the Laker vibe. I was telling me it was the it was bad, bad mo, you know, bad vibes coming in because they have a, a you know, Christmas music. They have like ice ring going, so it's like a little plaza here, you know, Staples Center, and like he was all into it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but not yeah, sucked in. Oh, yeah, sucked in, right? I guess we did. Uh, we neglected to mention one thing. I'll give it about a ten set. We'll talk about it two minutes here before we wrap because somebody just mentioned it in the chat. Uh, interesting. As uh, there was a, you know, the tradition, they do this thing, the tradition in Boston, um, they, you know, honoring, you know, different athletes every year at the Boston Sports Museum. And Danny Ainge was there uh, and Ainge gave a oh, quote. Right. Uh, I'm not closing the book on other opportunities talking about looking for a new role. He says, I, I don't want to work 18, 20 hours a day, but I could work in some advisory capacity. Pitching himself too. You know, I've been in this 40 years. I think I I'm in the game. game. I'm interested. People want my talents, want my help. I'm more than happy. I think he would like to have some sort of, you know, I think people freaked out about this. Like, Oh, he's coming back. I don't think he's going to run a team full time. Um, but 
wouldn't be surprised if he ended up somewhere. I just think it, you know, really reinforces the notion that he was fired because um, he could have done that here. <laughs> that's what it's. That's what it sounds like, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and so, in any case, he's not. I'm retiring. pretty sure the Celtics would have allowed him to continue working here in an advisory capacity. Uh, but whatever. I'm shocked he you said that. I'm yeah. shocked you said that. Yeah, because he, it always it was always it always felt like it was in his car. I mean, the cards are in his hands, right? Oh, he chose this, and you know, he was tired of this, and you know, I, I even spoke to one of the uh, you know uh, the the Celtics owners who's been there for a long time. And he was adamant. He's like, look, this has nothing to do with. You know, we, we fired him or anything like that. He just wants to take a break. And then he, the rumor started about the Utah thing. No, he's not going to do that. He just wants to take a break. So it's interesting. I mean, it could that could be the case. But I'm, I'm just surprised that he would, he would wait, what, four months and already make comments like this? So, again, it brings – it rings that they, they, they listen. They he could have been done with the Celtics situation and was like, "I'm done with this. I'm not being. I'm not. This is the best I can through. do. That could be it too. That could be yeah. It too. Like I think there's little shades of truth to everything that was going on, but the big picture story of in March, Danny having an epiphany and saying, "I'm retiring, and we're gonna make Brad this heir apparent here, and he's gonna coach no. up this season, and we're gonna find a replacement." Never ever believe that. I never. No, did. they no. don't. We said it then, and uh, this comment says it here. Um, you know, they both got fired, you know, but Brad just got fired up. If um, you loved your coach, why would he not be your coach anymore? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Well, so, yeah. maybe they both agreed. Like, look, I need, you know, I think they agreed in the I'm end done. after yeah. I believe I it was make this, Yeah, I guess he didn't be like, I can't make the situation any better. And Brad's just like, dude, me too. I think like, it made sense for everybody. <laughs> oh, and again, this team, they don't even listen to me anymore, man. Like, I don't know what the hell happened. Like, you know, that was the sentiment of Brad at it. the time. You know, I'm excited to get someone new in here with some fresh perspective and lay that on the team here. And, you know, he, yeah, I'm sure he was happy to continue to uh, collect the salary that he was in that head coaching capacity in a different role, but. You know, he was willing and able and did a good job over the offseason, I thought. Probably better than I think anybody could have expected with the uh, resources that he had, the incredible Kemba Horford trade. Uh, it was just a job well done by Brad and feels like, at least for now, he's in that role for, uh, I don't want to say the long haul, but longer than I thought it was possible there, so... You know, I'll give Brad some credit in terms of the transition. It was a quick one. I know people were crapping on the draft pick here, but I spoke to coaches in Vegas who were very impressed by the prospect that he picked up at 45. He's playing well in Paris. We're not going to figure out that one for years from now. So hold off on the Boston flag waving because, again, we did it for Mo Brown, and <laughs> Mo Brown's in the G League. So hold it on one-game reactions on uh, prospects that you passed on. Yeah, that's fair. Fair. I'm not doing yam madar yam madar talk right now though. Um <laughs> not How's doing he it. doing in Serbia? Yeah, we're just I'm just not doing it. Anyway, people were mentioning that they wanted us to talk uh Ainge. We did want to talk about it quickly, but we are gonna wrap it. We've been going a long time. It's two forty on a school night. I gotta get I gotta get the kids up and ready for school tomorrow. So we're gonna wrap Jeez. it. They're waking me up right. in like three hours, four hours. Yeah, like three hours. three three and a half hours. Something like that. Uh, but it's all good. Again, uh, make sure you subscribe to all our YouTube channels. I'll uh, have a ton of content over there. Joe Sway and Nick will have their reports filed from L.A. Yes, We've got all of the post-game reaction. Uh, and we'll have a much more stuff uh, coming out in the next couple of days. And, of course, we're back with you on Friday. 
for the Suns. Again, for Josue Pavone from Heavy.com, CLNS Media, Bobby Manning, Boston Sports Journal, CLNS Media, uh, John Zanis, we are out. We will see you.